Welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Today, Giant Talk is joined by Mark Flint, CEO and co-founder of The Escape Game, a world-class experiential entertainment company with 23 retail locations across the US, employing nearly 900 team members. Today, Mark's going to talk to us about an agile approach to goal setting, having had to pivot his business during the pandemic. Welcome to Giant Talk, Mark. It's great to have you with us for today's episode. Please, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you, Carly. Very honored to be here with you today. And um, yes, as, a, uh, as you said, I'm co-founder and CEO of The Escape Game. Uh, my wife, Melinda, and I, um, my wife of 29 years, she's my best friend as well. We started our very first business one year out of graduate school. Um, we were about, the, about 25 years old. And we've been able to start or invest in several businesses uh, throughout our career. Um, but the escape game is absolutely my favorite job I've ever had, as you can imagine. Uh, creating games and experiences for guests, it's hard to beat. Um, we're very grateful to work alongside our co-founders, Jonathan and James Merle, and uh, excited to wake up and go to work every day. Um, the escape game got off to an amazing start, and uh, we're cherishing running this business. Thank you, Mark. That's a, a nice introduction. Um, and I'm sure most of our listeners, or hope most of our listeners, have had the chance to uh, enjoy an escape game um, before. They're obviously very exciting. So let's start by talking about the situation the escape game faced back in 2020. Um, of course, we know the pandemic hit. Um, but what did you do to, to overcome this challenge and how, how did it affect the escape game? Yes, uh, I'll never forget that day, March 17th, 2020, uh, when we were forced to close every single one of our then 18 locations across the U.S. And like all retailers, I think, uh, our backs were against the wall. Um, April rent was coming due. Payroll was due. We had a lot of capital committed for uh, new store builds. And the company that we really cherished and the team that we cared about was really in the balance. And so uh, the feeling at that on that day was quite overwhelming. Things looked grim. Um, but our leadership team got together and we said, well, we're not going down without a fight. And, uh, and so we started to ask ourselves the question, why can't this be a positive for us? Why can't this be from a business standpoint, one of the best things that ever happened to the escape game. Um, those words seem hollow even now, uh, knowing what we were facing. But our creativity value kicked in and ideas began to surface. And you know, before too long, we were man mass manufacturing face shields for healthcare workers. Our manufacturing team hit the streets and started getting cabinet making jobs to make ends meet for the company. And by May of that year, we had launched our first digital experience called Remote Adventures, which allowed guests from all over the world to play our in real life escape games through Zoom. Um, and so um, we, uh, the feeling at the time was one of despair, but um, our team, when, when things were their worst, our team uh, rose to the challenge and, uh, and it's been a very successful time for us looking back. I think it's it's interesting how um, you was able to like like we mentioned pivot and take it online into a digital experience. And I know when we spoke before, you mentioned that the the two um, the retail element now and the digital 
um, experience actually complement each other, which I thought is interesting. Why was it so important that you and the team, um, for you and the team to see the pandemic as an opportunity and, and the best thing that ever happened to the escape game? That's a great question. I think, to be completely honest, we we didn't really have another option. Uh, we we were in the corner, and we're a competitive group, and we're a, a mission, vision, and values driven organization. And so, um, and we we really cared about our company and our team. And so, we were highly motivated to do something. Um, and I think you know we went back to our values, and our values are teamwork, excellence, growth passion, integrity, and creativity. I mentioned creativity earlier. Mm-hmm. And the values of team, our values of teamwork and growth and passion really compelled us to act. And so, um, you know, I, th- I think the situation that we were in, um, being backed into a corner, compelled us to act. And, and that's really what got us going. Mm-hmm. And you said, like I said about being backed into a corner, if you'd have waited um too long to sort of change course um i feel like it, it could have been detrimental um in the long term um and changing course without a plan is pretty pointless for a company how how were you able to adapt and change course so quickly i know you've you've got those strong values um being competitive and but but what are the um how else was you able to, to change course so quickly very minor situation that you were faced with is so um unknown and, and so so different to anything that you've known before. Yes. Uh, I think it was already in our DNA to a certain extent, the mm-hmm. ability to adapt and change. And that that came from our start. None of our team, none of our founding team had any retail experience um, going into starting the escape game. And we loved games, but we had never made one until uh, we started prototyping in, in the Flint family basement uh, back in 2013. And, and so, you know, in a new industry, a brand new industry where, and, and a new in, and an industry uh, or, or a sector that we were all new to, we had to uh, adapt along the way. And so we were used to making changes quickly. Uh, it's in our game design process. And again, mm-hmm. it's a function of us not really knowing what we were doing when we started. The first game we created in our basement, it took two hours. Our family hated it, uh, but we learned and we would iterate and change it and then do it again, learn, iterate, change, and do it again. And so it was in our DNA to adapt and change, and that made it a little bit easier um, to just continue um, with that way of looking things when the pandemic hit. Yeah, so being able to change and adapt is something that you've you've always been used to. So I guess it made it that a little bit easier um for one to say having three elements to your business sounds quite complex you've got your your retail stores and, and many of them like you mentioned you had 18 at the time and you know now 23 i don't know how many more you've got you've got planned but having the retail element um your creative manufacturing arm to the digital um development side how do you ensure everyone is aligned to your goals? Well, I would say we, we do re- work really hard at it. Um, the different teams that, that work, our team members that work in those different functions, uh, the languages can be a little bit different. The backgrounds can be a little bit different and the way that teams look at, at problems, conflict and opportunity can be a little bit different. 
Um, so we work really hard on our mission, vision, and values. Our mission is to design and deliver epic interactive experiences for every single guest. And with those, we don't just check the box. It is part of our hiring criteria. Um, it is, we're, we're always talking about our mission, vision, and values. And so we're all on the same page with what the company is about and where we're going. And that, um, I think the second thing would be our alignment at the top, our leaders, is a non-negotiable. And um, we, we've learned a lots of lessons along those lines, but we take the time to debate strategy um, and we won't give up until we have alignment. It doesn't mean everybody has to agree, but we make sure we've got alignment at the top. And then lastly, I would say we work really hard at messaging over and over again uh, to all of our teams. And so we ask questions that indicate priority um, of, of our team. We celebrate wins that mm -hmm. indicate what's important. Um, our team, as I mentioned, is competitive, but they're really good at listening and they're achievers. And so if our leaders can, can continually lay the foundation of what we're trying to do, then everybody gets, gets on the same page. It sounds like you've got a really a great culture there. I can I can hear the passion, um, and I feel like that from is from the top, and then you know feel down throughout the rest of your teams and um, in all of those three different parts of the business. One benefit of of setting OKRs of just build bring OKRs into, into the picture, and one benefit of setting OKRs is that they support business agility. Can you talk about? your agile approach to goal setting and, and the six key company-wide objectives that you, you measure success against? Yes, of course. Uh, and I think what we do whenever we're planning uh, at the beginning of the year or even for different quarters is we start by reiterating our mission, vision, and values. Um, but we also, we, we perf you know, perform an analysis that basically becomes what we call our financial vision. And this is what will our financial results look like if we're, you know, over the next three to five years, if we're accomplishing our mission in the context of our values. And that, uh, and then we'll, we'll look at that vision and, and say, okay, what are the top, we, we have six, as you mentioned now, what are our top areas of focus? Um, these are constantly messaged to the team. And once we agree on it, and what we're trying to find out is, what are the things we need to focus on over the next year and next quarter mm -hmm. to make sure that we're hitting that financial vision? And then where OKRs come into play for our company really is in uh, one of the effective ways that we've used them is in our leadership meetings. And so we'll, we, we'll meet weekly with our senior leaders and we've, we've gotten accustomed to asking each leader, okay, if we only had a minute to ask a question, one or two minutes, to ask a question of a leader of a functional area, what are the questions we would ask them and what's an A-plus answer to those questions? And we, you know, at the beginning of every quarter, we start with those and then we iterate a bit. And it really focuses in on those OKRs and reminds the leaders what's important and it's been really effective for us. I think it's really important that you mentioned that at the start of the answer to to reiterate the the mission and the vision and the values and it sounds like it's it's ingrained in in your in the team which is really important and that and that communication throughout the the wider organisation especially you know you've got the retail locations 
spread quite widely across across the US and you've got teams in complete different um, states. So to keep them all on board and aligned is something that um, is really important. What's next for the escape game? What what else have you got in the plans? Are you pivoting anymore? Are you have you got is it just new new and creative games and different games? Yes, that's a great question. We are in a growth phase now. And so we're opening eight new locations in 2022. And we're currently sourcing real estate for an additional 10 locations in 2023. And so one of our goals is to serve more guests in more locations. And we're hard at work doing that. Our creative teams are constantly working on the next thing. And so we've got a lot of exciting um, experiences in the pipeline. Um, we, we're always working on the next game. Um, and so we've got, we just opened our Timeliner game in Nashville. Um, and, and the guests are absolutely loving it. And we're excited to roll that out into some of these new locations. And so we've got the next next new games coming up in the pipeline. Uh, we're also working on a couple of new experiential concepts um, that we haven't announced yet. And um, so the creative team is hard at work. And um, I think we're, you know, we, we are a very dynamic team. We, we try to live on the edge of innovation and we're trying to always come up with new ways of introducing technology and, um, and wow moments to our guests in our unique brand of storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I think we also bring ourselves also back to the basics. You know, are we serving guests really well? Are we customizing the experiences where we can for the guests? And I think that combination is, is, is what we're after in this next season. It sounds exciting. And how about um, over the pond, as they say, <laughs> over into the US? Is that a, on the cards? <laughs> yeah, uh, we we definitely are, are contemplating international expansion. Um, mm-hmm. And we've got so much opportunity in the US. And with the, um, I feel like we're making up for a little lost time during the pandemic um, at expanding mm-hmm. our platform here in the US. But we're, Every board meeting, we talk about international expansion. Mm. So maybe yeah. we'll be in, in your neighborhood soon. <laughs> um, and finally, if you could give one piece of advice, we do like to end um, Giant Talk with a bit of advice for our, for our listeners. For anyone looking to foster an agile mindset in their leadership team, what piece of advice would you, would you give them? Uh, I think... The advice I would give is to focus on being humble and not proud um, and being courageous and not fearful. Um, and I think that's, that's not a, a scientific business talk, but mm-hmm. I think the, a couple of the enemies of, of being agile and adaptable are pride and fear. Uh, and that's what we found anyways. And mm-hmm. so so if I or our leadership team is a little bit proud, meaning meaning we don't think we can learn, or we don't think we can, or we don't think another team member can influence um, uh, the project, whatever or the objective, whatever it may be, then um, then we're going to have we're not going to be able to reach our full potential. Um, there's an ancient proverb that says, "When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom." And we we found that to be true um, if we can if we can remain humble and then 
And then the other thing is, you know, fear is, is good in some respects. It protects you. It, you know, you want to make sure you're making informed decisions. But at some point, you've got to take risk. And, uh, and without risk, you can't accomplish what you're capable of. And so I think that agile mindset for a leadership team, and it may, for particularly conservative leaders, they might need to take baby steps in this regard, but I would, I would recommend take those baby steps um, because at some point to really progress, um, especially using agile, you're going to need to take risk. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I would say. Yeah. So take those baby steps, but be a little bit co- courageous as well. Absolutely. And not so. And the risk is definitely is definitely paid off for you guys. Um, like you said, no one no one understood what could have you know happened. Um, no one for, you know foreseen this pandemic, and um, it's the best thing that's happened to the escape room. So it's a really nice. Um, story to to tell and to and you've obviously got some exciting growth plans um ahead so very exciting thank you for joining us um for giant talk today mark it's been really interesting and i hope that our listeners can um get some really good take some really good advice from from what you've said um and becoming and having that agile mindset um, and being a little bit more more courageous Thank you to our listeners for joining us for another episode of Giant Talk. As always, if you have any feedback or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss and talk about on Giant Talk, you can get in touch with us at growth at Thank you again, Mark. Thank you so much.